Hello again, everybody. This is Things Christians Want to Know, and I'm here with Paul Anderson. Hello. Hello, Paul. And I, as always, am Nate Johnstone, (laughs) except when I'm Batman. And we have been talking the last couple of weeks about anger. And, you know, the, the more we talk about this, Paul, the more I realize how important of a subject this really is, because I think it gets at the heart of daily living for us in our Christian lives, because we all get angry. We all get angry every day. Many of us do not admit that that's true, but the reality is we get angry in little ways, at least every single day. And sometimes we get angry in big ways. And in my experience, when you learn how to deal with things in the little ways, you get much better at dealing with them in the big ways. Yes. When you refuse to admit they exist in the little ways and just repress it or ignore it or deny it or or call it something different or cover it with religion, then when something big happens and we really get upset, really blow up, we haven't built up the muscles to control it and to Mm -hmm. respond to it Mm -hmm. properly, and we go off the handle. Um, The Bible says, be angry and do not sin. And so being angry is sometimes perfectly fine. It's the do not sin that we really have to focus on, the self-control aspect of things. And I think that's tough. I think, first of all, I think it's tough for a lot of people to admit that it's okay to be angry. I don't think it's tough. I know it's tough. <laughs> you know it. I agree. Okay. I know it's tough. I know it's tough. In fact, I don't know if anyone for whom it's not tough. Mm-hmm. Christians to admit that they're angry because we have this false idea that being angry is always wrong. Um, and so we, we have an ang- anger response. What do we do next? How do we deal with it? Do we yell? Do we stop? Do we drink or something else? Um, be angry and do not sin. It's 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 a tiny verse, but man, powerful. It affects every day of our lives, and it, it really affects the people that we come in contact with. And I think it, particularly our families, obviously, because we're in contact with them the most, and we're the most intimate with them. I think most people I know are really good at self control at work. They don't fly off the handle at work, but they might lose their temper with their kids or they might lose their temper with their wife. They're probably not going to lose their temper with their boss. The reason they lose their temper with their wife may be because their boss is doing a bunch of stuff they don't like and they have to repress it at work. And so then they blow up when they get home. That's, I think, a story that probably every single marriage I know can relate to one way or another. Mm-hmm. And so this is just so, so important. So I'm really glad that we're talking about this. And I am too. You've got a lot of wisdom and experience and, and study on this. And so I want to hear more about that. How do we be angry and do not sin? Do not let the sun go down on your anger. I mentioned last week that my wife Sarah and I made a pledge before we got married that we would not let the sun go down on, your, on our anger. And we have tried to live up to that but the how of it, <laughs> the how of it can be very difficult, mm-hmm. I think. So, what do you think? Yeah, anger is a tricky emotion. And as I look back on my childhood, I don't remember my parents ever talking about it. Nor do I remember them ever getting angry at each other. Hmm. 
So the conclusion, natural conclusion I came up with was that if I got angry, it must be wrong. Sure. Because I didn't see them getting angry. They did a pretty good job of talking things out behind the scene. So if you'd asked me if anger, angry, anger was wrong or a sin, I'd say, well, of course it is. So it's been a slow process for me to come to acknowledge that anger is justifiable and even a necessary yes. emotion. And then what do we do with it? So there are different ways that we have been taught or that we've just decided we're going to deal with it. And the first way is uh, repression. That was my... That method, was your best method way? of choice for me, okay. I think. And I don't think I was taught that. Maybe that's a cultural thing in the Midwest that that's the default. But Yeah. So if we're repressing it, we're denying its existence. Someone or something told us it is better to swallow anger than to express it. We've all met the nice guy who never gets angry. At least he never shows it. His body is throwing up warning signals that he is not dealing with, but he ignores the red lights on the dashboard. Some people regard passive anger as a more acceptable way of dealing with things than active because they may have been condemned for showing their anger at some time. They now burn inside and no one complains. Hmm. They get an ulcer. <laughs> Scripture tells us to restrain ourselves to be slow to anger. So we're thinking that, okay, just push it down. That's uh, the old method, counting to 10. Suppressing anger can give us time to cool off if our engine is overheated. So there may be some strengths in suppressing it. The problem is that we may be only hiding it in the subconscious and not dealing with it effectively. Anger stored down under stays there and will eventually come out, perhaps as a migraine. Anger debilitates us. The passive variety shows itself in quiet aggression like sloppiness in work or unresponsiveness in relationships. Destructive habits like overeating or alcoholism are other possible symptoms. We choose we tend to choose the passive activity because it is more socially acceptable than the expression of anger and because it was culturally permissible to annihilate our lives with destructive emotions. Mm. I have a funny story. Uh, Karen and I, uh, the way we dealt with our emotions of anger were just the opposite. She would address it and she would sometimes raise her voice. So we're in the kitchen, and uh, we're arguing about something, and I'm the quiet variety, and she is raising her voice toward me, and I want to get out of there. I, I escape, or I just uh, push it down, repress it, and she kept after me, and so finally I just yelled at her. 
And it was so out of character that we both started to laugh. <laughs> and that ended, it ended the fight. Well, that's nice at least. <laughs> yeah. It, because that could have been damaging to her. Yeah. For you to lash out, you know, out it, of nowhere. It was out of character and she knew it. And it was hard for me to yell, but I did. And that ended. So <laughs> I learned at least at that point that suppression wasn't the best way to deal with it. Another is expression. Well, I, for me, repression describes not only myself and most of my family, but I think most Christians I know in Minnesota. Yeah. I think this is, this is religiously viewed as the correct response to anger. Mm-hmm. And, or may, maybe even more than repression, maybe denial altogether. Yeah. Denial. I think denial. But, 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 but the feeling, because you can't deny the feeling. You can call it something else, deny <laughs> what it really is. But you have to do something with the feeling, and I think repressing it is seen as the correct choice. So can you explain to me the difference between exercising self-control and repressing in emotion? Well, that wonderful verse in Psalm 4-4 that Paul is pulling his scripture in Ephesians 4 from, where he says, be angry and do not sin. Commune with your own heart on your bread, on your bed. To repress is not to think about it. It's just to push it down under. And it's seething down underneath the surface. It's creating health problems for you. And you're just pushing it down. That isn't what David said. He said, talk, think about it. Think about what you're doing. Actually that's what process God, it. Yeah, that's what God tried to tell Jonah. Do you do yeah. well? And, and Cain. To, and Cain. Cain. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's something that we should stop and look at and say, my. So we're not repressing it. We're holding it right there mm-hmm. so that we can look at it and say, now, what do I want to do with this? What's the yeah. best way to deal with this? I think for me, learning how to appropriately respond to situations and to my own emotions is, has always been something I've really focused a lot of time on in my quiet times. And I've always looked to the Psalms yeah. because David, I feel, maybe he maybe he actually wasn't like this and the psalms are his way of working it out properly i don't know it seems like he was like this and that he was actually very good at dealing with his emotions and processing it and that sort of thing it's certainly what i read in the psalms and it's so help it's been so helpful for to me and it's really broken a lot of those religious shackles yeah those those puritanical leftovers at real like there are times where david gets mad at god Mm-hmm. And he tells him so. Mm-hmm. And then usually at the end he said, but I, I realize it's not your fault. Some, or other times he says, well, whoever's fault it is, I'm going to praise you anyway. Because mm-hmm. you're still God. And that taught me that God's big enough to take it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to repress it. Guess what? He knows it anyway. So me hiding my anger is just hurting me. It's not like I can hide from God. Yes. Cain couldn't hide. Jonah couldn't hide. None of us can hide our, our emotions from the Lord. And so it, we may be trying to whitewash ourselves for other people, um, but it doesn't work with God. He can see through that. And so if we're upset at God, we need to tell him. And yeah. David taught me that. The Psalms mm-hmm. taught me that. And to ponder these things and to ponder them out loud. Sometimes I'll write something out. Sometimes I'll just talk it out with God, but I'll usually try to do it externally and not just internally. Some people process internally just fine. 
I think David says that when he says, you know, consider these things, or one version says meditate on these things mm-hmm. on your bed. And mm-hmm. I used to take that quite literally and would do it at night. Mm-hmm. Here are my emotional responses for the today that ticked the meter, the red line. I got upset. I got sad. I got depressed. I got angry. I got um, sexually excited. Too much, perhaps, in this area or that area. So why did I get so angry at this area? Why did I get uh, turned on sexually in this area when this happened? Was that a bad response? How can I taper that down next time? Why did I get so angry? Was that okay or was that not okay? And I I have learned to rely on the Holy Spirit because he's a lot better at judging my heart than I am. I tend to be actually harsher. Um, I tend to assume, again, probably because of this upbringing of being in the Midwest and everything, I tend to assume that anything that ticks that red line was wrong. That was too much of a response. It was bad. When in fact, this event that happened, maybe that was really sad. And maybe getting really sad about that and mourning that was appropriate. Jesus wept when Lazarus died, you know? Um, and so, it, but it's taken me a long time to to learn these things. But the Psalms have always been where I've turned to for for guidance, I guess. David has been my mentor in how to process emotions because us Scandinavians did not learn how to do that from church or family most of the time Mm -hmm. or our society, I don't think. So repression, common around here, uh, maybe not as much other places, but that's only one way, right, of responding. Yeah. Another way is expression. Getting it all out provides a way to be released emotionally. Punching a pillow, hitting a golf ball, they constitute some ways to give expression to anger without taking it out on other people. Getting it out proves better than stuffing it, especially if one takes it out on a golf ball rather than on a brother. But... I did some research on this, wrote a, read a couple books, Neil Warren, Making Anger Your Ally, and Bill Backus, Telling Yourself the Truth. Mm, that's a good book. They talked about aggressive response to anger, even if it's, quote, harmless, unquote, has been shown to increase one's tendency for more aggression. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at that. Solomon must have read the report because he said a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Hmm. We're back to Psalm 4. Commune with your own heart on your bed and be silent. So you don't have to yell. You don't have to hit something. Our angry generation has a lot it is fed up with. Parents, or bosses, or teachers, law enforcement, justice system, government, society. We've been encouraged to tell it like it is, but that doesn't necessarily solve our problems. Maybe there is a better way. Interesting. See, because uh, uh, the popular psychology would tell you that when you're angry, punch a pillow. Mm-hmm. You know, get a punching bag, that sort of thing. Um, but some studies are showing that if you are even if you're channeling it to a more healthy direction or a less harmful direction, like a punching bag, if you're, if giving in to your anger results in punching something, your aggression actually increases. Yes. 
That's what I read. Uh, which is terrifying because the the desire is the opposite effect, obviously. Um, I love the, the proverb you quoted there. Um, I, I've never seen it with the word vent. A fool gives full vent to his anger. I, I've, I've always used that word myself. And I, I think it's so perfect because it's like a, I mentioned a bubbling cauldron earlier. And you need to, you need to, if you've ever boiled water and you put a top on tight, you're going to eventually have a problem, <laughs> right? You will blow your top, right? Yes. And we all know people who blow their tops sometimes. Mm-hmm. You have to crack that lid a bit, right? Mm-hmm. You have to give it a little bit of vent because if you don't and eventually you give it the full vent, it's going to blow and that's not healthy for others around. Even if you're blowing up at a golf ball or whatever, like you said, um, I've, I learned, um, I think it was actually Gary hmm. Gilbertson who told me this. Um, to I've learned to vent it far more often mm-hmm. and to vent it at God. Mm-hmm. To pour out my heart to the Lord and just to mm-hmm. dump that to him, to vent it to him, but to do it daily, at least daily. And I've learned since having kids that I need to do it multiple times a day. Because I can't wait till the end of the day to vent or uh, there will be too much pressure building up. Um, so I do that and I'll, I'll tell God all my frustrations and all the difficulties. Mm. And, and when things are really, really getting to me, whether I should let them get to me or not, when things are really getting to me, I I pour it out and I spend time. And I find that I need to give it time. That's really good, Nate. And when, it, when it's bad, like I need to give it a lot of time. I need to really give it up. Um, Youngie Cho, David Youngie Cho, pastor in um, Korea, used to say that, uh, you know, he prays for three hours a day. And somebody was like, "How? why do you pray for that many hours a day? He's like, well, we all have people in our church that we hate. I have a really big church. <laughs> so I have to pray for three hours a day. And I thought that was both hilarious and vulnerable. Yeah. And I really respected it and never forgot it. Never forgot yeah. it when I read that. Because he was just being honest and saying, I need to pray that often to give that much time to vent these things to the Lord so that they're gone. Yeah. It's amazing that God says, give me your sorrows. Give me your pains. Give me all this stuff. He cast actually, your anxiety. Cast your anxiety. The word cast or throw. Hurl yeah. violently is what it means. Mm-hmm. So no, not a limp. Okay, God, if you want, you can take this negative emotion or this over anger or whatever it is. No, throw it at Jesus. Mm-hmm. He actually wants us to do that. He deeply desires us to do that. He went through a whole lot of pain and suffering so that we can do that. Yeah. So we actually owe it to Jesus to cast our anxiety on him mm-hmm. and to give him this stuff and to vent it to yeah. him. And I, I'm not always as good at doing this as I should be, <laughs> but um, I found that it really helps. It keeps me from the full vent, the, the yeah. blow up. You yeah. know? And that's, that's the third one. I, I mentioned repress and then express, which is kind of get it out. But uh, how are we going to get it out? And I use the word confess. And that doesn't necessarily mean you drop to your knees and acknowledge that you've blown it. But it literally means to say together. 
So you're acknowledging to God, I'm angry in this situation. I just got a pile of garbage dumped on me. And back to the scripture that we've been quoting, Psalm 4.4, the psalmist wrote, Be angry, sin not, commune with your own hearts on your bed, and be silent. We might find it necessary to be lovingly confrontational to the person who provoked the anger. I have found it helpful in my marriage, and it took me years to learn this, yeah. to state how I'm feeling about something. Mm -hmm. It helps to divert a stronger response, and it communicates to my wife so that she can consider her response. It's different from just telling it like it is because it's more controlled and therefore less hurtful. Its purpose is to communicate not to condemn. Scripture encourages us to address problems straightforwardly in this manner. But sometimes we need to drop to our knees. We have tried to justify our hostility toward a child or a neighbor or a boss. In reality, we've come to see our pride, our pettiness, our mm -hmm. impatience, mm -hmm. our insensitivity. Either we can hold on to our irritability in a futile attempt to get even, or we can confess our sin and then extend forgiveness to the offender. This means recognizing our anger in order to confess it appropriately or confront others. Physical and emotional clues serve us like the temperature gauge on the car signaling a need to pull over and cool off. If we recognize it, we can accept responsibility for it. And I faced that in a physical way when I thought I could get over the mount, over the hill that was going to take me down into the high desert in Southern California. And I had about a mile to go, and I thought, I can make it. You're running? No, I was driving oh. the car. And the gauge on the car... Uh, told me it was getting hot. Oh, boy. And so I said, I've just got a mile. I can make it. Guessing it didn't go so well. It didn't go so well. $488 for blowing head gaskets. Yes. And I didn't drive the car home, got towed Oof. home, because I was uh, not being aware of of what was going on. So to confess allows you to better read the gauge, yes. to consider where you're at and to think, okay, I don't want to say something now because my engine is overheating and I think I need just to commune and like you, like you do, I need to talk to God about it and let that pressure off. So I, I'm learning little by little. Owning our anger. I like that. Owning our anger precedes dealing with it. We do not assume responsibility for life as it comes to us, but we are responsible for our responses. You made me angry usually means I'm not responsible for my anger, which may also mean that I can stay angry until you deal with what is making me angry. Or I'm not angry, I'm just concerned. Really means I'm angry, but showing concern is more acceptable. And getting angry. Mm, yeah. That's it's so good, but it's easier said than done. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, I love the stories that you've shared. Obviously, you've been working on it. And I've been I, working on it because uh, the need arose. <laughs> yeah. That I had to work on. For all of us. Yeah. And sadly, a lot of people have never got around to really dealing with it. So it just drives, either drives things deeper inside or they keep expressing it and keep hurting people. And there's a better way than that. To learn how to confess it to God, to talk with him in prayer as you seem to be doing so well. Uh, or at some times confronting if we feel we need to talk to a person about it, but doing it in a way we're still in control of our emotions. And I shared yep. a couple weeks ago that uh, when I had to correct somebody, I was a little too harsh, and I was very regretful about mm -hmm. that afterwards and very uh, remorseful and repented of it uh, because I did damage. So thinking it through and praying it through and talking to God about it, confessing it, allows us to see it for what it is and hopefully to make a reasoned, spirit-led response so that it's not going to an eight or a nine and we keep it on the slow burner. And uh... I like I like that analogy of the the car gauge, you know, the temperature gauge on your car. How how do you think we can better learn how to be able to read our own gauge? You know what we do? Instead we put tape on the on the yeah. dashboard, you know, and say I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore it. And that's so sad. Because we're blowing engines, and the engine is what's inside. Yeah, we're 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 running on hot for a long period of time, and that's creating emotional and physical problems. Mm -hmm. And and medical science, especially in the last decade, has just been showing over and over again how much damage this emotional stuff does to us. Stress, yeah. anger—they literally kill us. Literally. Yeah. So when the Bible gives us direction on these things, cast your anxiety on him. Don't keep it in. Come on. Deal with your anger. Don't keep it in because it literally kills us. And guess what? God yeah. desires life. Yeah. Long, healthy life. Yes, yes. yes. And so uh, medical science is showing us what we've known for a long time because God is kind enough and cares about us enough to want us to learn to deal with this. And so we need to learn how to gauge ourselves. And it's, it's tough. I think it's tough in the moment, the heat of the moment, as they say. Um, do you have or did you, have you learned um, maybe any tips or methods in what to do in the heat of the moment? So you get angry and it, for whatever reason, it goes from a, a two to an eight real, real fast. Is there any, is there something you do or, or. It's more what I don't do. Okay. Karen and I were sitting in the front row at the Holy Spirit Conference when Francis, Francis Frangipane talked about living above a fence. Mm -hmm. were you, you, you yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Great message. I turned to her and I said, let's give it a try. I thought it was going to be easy. <laughs> uh, it's been very hard. But I can say that it is harder for her to offend me today than it 10 years ago. 
I have taken it seriously and I've attempted to die to myself. And how do I do that? I don't succeed sometimes, but I have observed that if in that moment I say things too quickly, it's maybe going to be wrong. And so I am slow to speak, like it says in James. Mm, yeah. Let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So you put those two together, that I'm more deliberate in my speech. Paul, watch your tongue now, because you may say something that's going to hurt Karen. Mm -hmm. So take it easy, and maybe you should encourage her instead of putting her down. I don't think you want to criticize her at this moment. This is not a good moment to tell her something that she doesn't need to know right now. <laughs> yeah. So really deliberate. The, the scriptures that we've talked about from Jonah 4 and Genesis 4, where God tried to get him to slow down. Think about this. Consider it. Yeah. That has helped me just to be slower in speech and consider it. I haven't done as much what you've done. I really like that idea of talking over, over with God and really praying it. I, that's wonderful. I, I don't think I've done much of that. Well, it became a necessity <laughs> for me yeah. To, yeah. to keep a happy marriage, you know? Yeah. Um, and God, you know, the Spirit led me to the same exact kind of thing that you're talking about. And I found that I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't be slow to slow to speak. I couldn't keep silent. And so I, I just, I humbled myself before the Lord and I said, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me here. Mm. Could you please come in and remind me right before I say something? Could you, you know, knock me over the head or something? I need, I, I absolutely need help. And I was just desperate for it. Um, especially with my wife, this was, you know, when all this was going on and I was trying to, you know, not be angry. Um, and you know what? The Holy Spirit did. That's so wonderful. And for, at first, a lot. And then eventually to lesser degrees as, as I learned the mm -hmm. lessons he was teaching me. But he would remind me every single time. As mm -hmm. I was getting angry, he would say, careful. I just yeah. feel, I just feel this it's hard to describe it. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, the Holy Spirit can be hard to describe. I, I sensed in my heart, in my spirit, a restraining hand. That's wonderful. I, I didn't physically feel a hand on my shoulder, mm -hmm. but it was exactly like a hand on my shoulder that said, mm -hmm. hold up, hold up. And I, I, I felt that internally. Every single time when I started to get upset, I, I felt that and I was like, right, right, okay. Yes. <sighs> And I could not have learned this without that. I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. And over time, I, I learned how to do it. And he, he taught me. He taught, the Holy Spirit taught me how to do this. 
or I couldn't have done it on my own. And and God is so much more willing to do this. I think you should teach more on than, that. Than people think he is. He is so willing to help us. He actually wants to be our shepherd, which means he leads us around and he taps us with the rod when we're yeah. going towards the cliff. And he says, bump, yeah. nope, bump, nope, bump, nope, nope, this way, this way, this way. That's what the shepherd does. And he's so willing to be that shepherd. Um, we need to learn how to listen for that and how to, how to experience that. And I, I went to him just in depth, that humility and desperation, which I found are great ingredients yeah. to receiving from the Lord. And, you know, I, I've learned a lot because of that. And it still happens every once in a while. And mm-hmm. I, again, upon reflection, I find that it happens when I'm not doing it on my own. <laughs> when I'm not responding the way I should, I'll still feel that restraining hand. And sometimes not. Sometimes he'll let me step over that line and make that choice, that bad choice to get upset or to say something or whatever. Um, and I learned from that. Oops, that that was not good. That's a great testimony, Nate. I real I'm blessed by that. I haven't heard you say it like that before. And I think that needs to be shared. At Lydia House and beyond, you should write about it, about how the Holy Spirit has helped you to bridle your tongue and put your anger under control. That's really, really wonderful. I'd like to pray for our people. Good. In Let's this one. Let's do that. I'd like to uh, uh, to believe that uh, as we entered into this, we knew that this was an important subject. And so, uh, Father, we pray for those who have been listening to our podcast on anger. And we pray for those who feel remorse or feel guilty, I pray that they could bring it to you and confess their anger to you, acknowledge it, and that you would lift not only the guilt, but lift the shame that accompanies the wrong words or the pouting or the criticizing or the going to somebody else and telling them how bad this person is. Lord, all the things that we can do when we get angry. I pray for those whose anger has gone to seed and it's become hostility, bitterness, resentment. We pray, Father, that through our time together that you would give them encouragement to take that to you as well and that you could dig deep into their heart and as they confess their hostility, you could bring it to the surface and remove it. Jesus, that's why you died, to release us from our sins and our sorrows. And so we believe you to do this because you're a good God. And Father, we know that your anger is justifiable every time. And we want to learn how to be angry and not to sin. And we bless our friends who are listening in that you will give them victories with regard to anger that has shamed them and uh, turned them inside in repression, that they learn how to properly deal with this tricky emotion. We bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.